Hello and a warm welcome back here at Feeling Terrific. Today I have another special guest with me. Um, it's Betul. Um, I'm very happy that you are interested in having this conversation, Betul. I really appreciate it because we will have another yeah, interesting topic and I think also a topic which is yeah, um, currently um, in, in every in every aspect um, on the top of mind of companies also, right? But also within the society, I would say. But let us uh, tackle that in, in a moment. Um, maybe I'm gonna um, yeah, introduce you um, quite uh, quickly. So you're currently a platform architect at ServiceNow. So we are colleagues, um, <laughs> who would have thought of that? Um, so today we will talk about uh, different topics and among them, um, how yeah, you ended up in tech and how, or especially what you learned during the way. So with being, um, having said that, thank you for your time again, and over to you with the first question. Who are you? I am me. <laughs> uh, I am, uh, like I said, between, I live in Germany. Uh, I'm originally Turkish and I am in the tech industry very long time. And I did have a background in IT. And it was an interesting journey, which we could go in a little bit later. Yeah, no, so, so basically you, you mentioned, right? So you um, are in the tech industry and um, it's quite interesting, I would say, um, how, how you started, right? So you started your professional career after your bachelor's degree in 25. And um, yeah, you started also um, a study or yeah, a master's in computer engineering. And the bachelor's was about management information system. So basically... Why did you have the interest studying that and not something else? It was so exciting when I started um, because it was a new opportunity for me. It, the background is a little bit with computer. Since I had my first computer, it was really the point where I was enchant enchanted of the world. It gave me the possibilities and the information I could consume from it. and personally i love to play games you know, the first step was really playing games on computers so yeah it really motivated me to get interested in it yeah how uh so so you had this uh, thought uh yeah r rising um, in your in your mind right but what were your thoughts when you really started to study was it like you expected was it different how was it this was exactly what I expected because I had did my due diligence. I had some information already. I knew how things would work. And it wasn't something surprising for me. It was more surprising the part I wasn't expecting because, as I said, my bachelor's degree was in management information system. And the management part does involve business administration, which did involve finance, legal, statistic, economics, which was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I was more focused well, your, on your, programming. So your due diligence wasn't really well done then, I, you would say? I was more focused on the IT part, I have to say. Yeah. A a am I right that it's uh, compared uh, to Wirtschaftsinformatik in Germany, right? Yes, it could be similar. I don't know all the aspect of a, that. Yeah degree in Germany, I have to admit, but from the naming and what I checked already, it looks like similar. Yeah. 
obviously it depends on on the role uh, you're doing after your study right but would you say in your case or in your um, example or in your scenario that the management um, part was helpful for you so did you take something out of this kind of yeah, experience which is still helpful for you today definitely it was really uh, when i call it in the right description would be business administration it did give me the guidance also to see like economics like i said all the aspects also of business part which is normally when you directly study computer engineering it's a little bit more focused on the technology and it itself and programming and this fuzz was more combination all of them so i could also understand how all the world outside of the it works right it gave me a different perspective and i always say university itself is where your eyes open learn things theoretically but as the university world comes from universal you also get the perspective of that world you have students who have the same mind you who challenge you give you new ideas your professors your all of them show you in a theoretical world how things should be but practically of course it's definitely different but the theory most definitely helps yeah no no got it that, that and that and that's i think is kind of a yeah good perspective to take because um yeah not not just limiting someone self to one kind of field where your focus of study for example is but just be open-minded and uh, take everything what you learn for the yeah with the right perspective and, and take something out out of it i think that that's quite uh, yeah crucial but I'm, i'm curious how did this whole experience um shape you as a person the whole study and also maybe what what kind of impact or what role does intrinsic motivation play well i did and studied in the beginning and then starting with my master degree in computer engineering was probably the biggest impact in my life to start um because it makes me who i am now because professionally um i love what i'm doing and it does take me to different worlds right and it does also play a big impact in my personal life so because most of the time i do act uh use my like i said earlier i like to play games it's mostly what i do privately is also literally related with technology so it definitely is a big part of me even who defines me as a person and has the um right motivation for me because um i like to have fun whatever i do even when i do the boring annoying things uh, i like to see the silver lining i would say sometimes i describe it as hope hope um hopeless optimistic uh so i try to see the good part of it have the fun enjoy it and um i see it as an adventure and it's really something i do continuously and learn and also put in life to master my skills or learn new skills so it's a continuous learning and never stopping what i'm doing in my life it's like a marathon in my it life so what so i really like the how, how you described it um, like an adventure right so um 
or may, maybe also um, like a story then and every story obviously has its um yeah kind of curves right so where are we at the moment in your story oh, i would say still in the beginning because there is the excitement when you start things right and when you have this still excitement in you it doesn't stop and I was, that's what I was trying to think. It's still the beginning. There is so much to do. It doesn't end. Um, it's how my life is also shaped in that part. I start, try to things, get excited about it, curious about it. And I never think, yeah, it's now not necessary or I should do it later. I see it like, okay, this is interesting. I should start doing it or learn it or see if I can do it or not. Yet I enjoy it. Sometimes things I also don't enjoy, right? So when I say, okay, this is something, yeah, that doesn't give me much fun. I should not do it and start for something focusing new. And if I like it, then I start to get, try to be brilliant in it. How are you dealing then, for example, in your current job or basically in general, how are you dealing with situations or tasks which are not fun for you, which you don't like, which you don't enjoy, but you know that they are basically part of the job, but also necessary to do. Uh, I think it's mostly called the necessity evil. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this, I tend to see it like, okay, it's something I have to do and there is no running away for it. Sometimes I procrastinate like okay maybe i can postpone it to tomorrow then i say okay finally i try to give me the right motivation to do it because it's something i have to finish like chores at home right i have a family i need to take care of i have some uh things at home so i say okay how can i make it fun like when i do uh the dishes i just open my um tablet and watch a show tv show on one of the video streamings of so it's like i can do do my dishes but also re um, watch my show so i already have fun right it's something tedious to do but i still have my fun because i can watch my show and yeah one of my hobbies is also really watching a lot of shows and movies so it's also combining even i cook when i cook the, the tablet is close to me so i multitask when i do my chores <laughs> so then I, I have fun yeah I, you know i think uh, it's not just interesting for me but everyone who's uh, listening to this or watching this how many times did you already have to replace your battery in your in your tablet i need to recharge it at least every day <laughs> every night so, a lot <laughs> perfect um so we already scratched um what i'm going to ask now um, a little bit but um or in a different perspective right um maybe let's have now a different um perspective and a much more deeper with a much more deeper question so what does mean intrinsic motivation to you oh. like i said it's like seeing the fun right not to seeing something as a task I have to do. I like to see more like, okay, especially being open-minded about it as a new learning experience. And when I go through things like, um, a simple example is, um, when I try to create a new app in our platform, 
that are simple things I already know, but the mobile experience is something I have less experience. So then I go in there, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm checking in it. I'm like, okay, this is not very intuitive. So how can I learn? How can I find the its and bits that I can accomplish it? And finally, I guess with the experience I have, I somehow come to it or ask my colleagues, my team members to help. Okay, this is where I'm stuck. Do I have an idea that like, when I cannot Google and find it, then always there. So I always also like to use my network also to communicate with those topics and the same, they came to me for ask. So I think the, the interesting motivation is everywhere for me, right? Whatever I do, have fun and enjoy it. Yeah, no, the, um, that's really interesting. And you, you just mentioned something else. Um, maybe let's go uh, quickly o over there. So I think there's uh, still a bias um, out in the world, right? That when you're working in, 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 in IT and basically being a software engineer or something like that, you uh, are not talking to other people, right? You are just in front of your um, laptop or PC. Is it also the case with you or how is it? Uh When I started, it was really limited to team members and coding. That's how I started my career for sure. It was also a stepping stone to decide what I could do, what I can learn. And one of my, I think, natural skills, uh, nat skills I have is really communication. So based on that, I was like, I need more interactions, human connections. <laughs> because it's part of my personality and that's where I came to the um, journey of consulting because I also like to help to guide people give them ideas not just technically also as a person so that was my motivation to switch from that role to a consultancy yeah no we, we will come back to that later on um, but um maybe going back to intrinsic motivation um how did this yeah guide you for your life professionally and or personally what what impact did it have um uh whatever i do i do with passion it's also probably my mediterranean background <laughs> i have a temperament a lot of passion and based on that I um, really love my job and what I do professionally in my daily life. Uh, and I also really enjoy vowing our customers to give them a different perspective, different ideas, see the it's and bits, give them uh, topics which they didn't think about. Uh, privately, like I said, uh, if it's a hobby, yes, that's easy, right? I love doing it. If it's like I mentioned earlier, it's something I have to get things done. Uh, I try to keep my spirits up. Uh, even the chores feel tedious. I try to find my own way to finish it, like doing something in between and together. So it does definitely shape a lot of part of my life. And yeah, I think the keyword for me definitely is fun. Yeah. Maybe let, let, let's let's talk about something else, but what at least I think is still quite combined with intrinsic motivation, right? Attitude. So what role does attitude in dealing with prejudices pre play? It does a lot. 
So um, I will tell a little bit a story from my demo of next <laughs> More an experience sharing, let me put it like this. Uh, when I started my career in Germany as a female consultant, I did experience out of prejudices. And especially when they once found out about my origins. And as an intersectional person in tech, it was not the easiest to ignore their comments. Um, not to show them I'm up, I got upset about it. Uh, it definitely did impact me in the beginning. I even got frustrated. Uh, and when I think about it, especially that point, there was no support, support uh, or anyone I could talk about it who was similar to me. Um, but again, coming to motivation, uh, after a while, I decided um, to do something about it. Um, and definitely that it doesn't happen others. Um, uh, so this journey started that I shared my stories, I empowered others. Uh, I started to stand up for myself and be an ally for everyone. Um, so definitely I had to learn experience and through my evolution, the right attitude, even I had the right instinct. So it's something you learn with the time and start to think about it and be open-minded, the growth mindset. That's also part of it. So definitely it's the right attitude and my own personal motivation. Yeah. No, um, th I think this is really, um, yeah, also inspiring, right? Because, um, to be honest, I haven't um, dealt with um, biases or prejudices so far in, in that context. And um, just to see how you overcome that or dealt with it, right? Um, it's just like, yeah, take the right perspective. I mean, I think it's also still a journey also with, with, with yourself. But um, if you take it, you can learn from it, right? And um, yeah, no, that, that's, uh, thank you for sharing. Um, would you would you agree agree would you agree when i say in this context um taking the right attitude is yeah learnable definitely it is for me there are certain attitudes you learn from growing up that's for sure with your education also but certain experiences need to be learned from it and so you learn the attitude to take and do the right thing. And then once you start to try to do the right thing, like I said earlier, you start to stand up for yourself and others. And that's the point where you, I think, start your evolution. So definitely it is. Yeah. Do you have an example for us where, where your kind of evolution started? I mean, it might not be one example, right? But do you have one on, on top of your mind? Oh, there are so many of them. I need to check what would be. Um, it got more inspirational when I started at ServiceNow, especially. And I seen so many inspirational women within the org in my organization also and within ServiceNow, within our location. So I was like, there are so many females here. So 
And I was like, okay, maybe they don't, didn't experience it yet. And I hope they will never, but I need to do something about it. So that's why also internally, I started a while to work a lot of in diversity, equity, inclusion on topics like challenging unconscious biases. I even organized a panel last year for it to share people's stories. And it was amazing, especially the female colleagues and the allies who trusted me to do and share their stories. It was very deep, but it definitely was an eye opener. So yeah, those is the right motivation for me to continue. And now I started, I think definitely I started to challenge people's biases, that's for sure. Um, and let them see things differently and to see there is another world that out there. Struggles you are not aware. Challenges people are, even I'm not aware, right? Because I don't experience everything. But it, it's an eye opener and that's what I wanted to inspire them. Just an idea. And I always say, like my optimism always say, when I organize those things or share, if I can ins inspire from 10 per people, one person, that's already achieved for me. Yeah. Because it will have the butterfly effect. And alone, uh, this speech was inspiring. So thank you for that. Unfortunately, I didn't attend uh, your, your panel last year, but um, let me know when there's another one. And I think um, what also describes it quite good is um, what you also just shared with us. During the panel, the people trusted you, right? And this is also combined with, I would say, also authenticity, because for, at least for me, if there isn't authenticity, why should they trust you, right? And um, yeah, really, th thank you for sharing that. Of course, thank you for listening and let me to share. It's really something very emotional for me. I think if I get a very old lady, I will still remember this and cherish that moment. It will be eternity in my memories. Oh, perfect. Um, keep it there and don't forget about it. Um, no you, or we scratched it also um, already, but maybe let's go to, to a different um, topic. Um, basically, um, women in tech. Right. So this is which is all over the place, I would say. And it might be for some kind of, oh, not again, but let's let us talk about it because it's it's interesting, not just interesting, but important. Right. Um, so we scratched already um, how you ended up in tech, but could you summarize it again a little bit in a few sentences? Uh, yeah, it was my computer games and my studies which uh, the coding part in the beginning really interested me, the technology itself, and then doing starting my master and also meet so many other female students there who were excellent. But definitely that was a bigger, bigger point. Yeah, so. having those um, yeah um, colleagues, I would say, um, also from a female perspective who studied with you, did you mean that? I, yeah, not in this context. I studied in Turkey, Turkey, and there actually, it's mostly 50-50 with computer engineering and even my management information system. I know it could be shocking for some people. It definitely is. And that's for a long time already. I have a lot of female friends who are deep dive coders, are in this industry, 
and known companies in the whole world from that when I also worked there and studied there everywhere. And there are mostly a lot of females also. The only thing I can say which is compared, which is less female from the studies is machine engineering. <laughs> That's very male dominant. <laughs> um, how clear was it for you after your study starting as a software engineer? I mean, what was it for you the only way to go or did you have options or why did you choose to go as a software engineer? It was the best stepping stone, a good start to learn and to see where I am in the IT industry, what I want to do. Um, like I would like you to be someone sitting and doing programming all day or more a person who wants to interact. So it was something which is really when you do, at least in my situation, was something I could start with. Uh, and then I had to find the role for the next step I can flourish and enjoy. And so there was so much I would like, I wanted to accomplish and the journey never ends, right? So there could be some interesting other things. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe for that, let's uh, demystify um, different roles, right? So what is the difference between a software engineer, a technical consultant and a platform architect? Oh, that's a <laughs> this is the question you were waiting for. <laughs> yes. But I can show my skills. <laughs> um, the software engineer directly really works on the product to develop. And the consultant is more interactive with the business to get understand their unique needs and then also does development. Uh, and as my role, platform architect is more on the advisory role to guide the business with the technical aspects and overview overall view of our platform. Um, we also get a lot of flavor of the applications we have, the products we have, and our role is more focused adoption of the platform compared with development. So I try to find the unique things, opportunities we have in the platform, the customers have, and how they can benefit from it. So the maximum value, and I always say the maximum value they deserve. So that's my more focus for platform. That's why I also enjoy it a lot. I have so many challenges, interesting things I need to find out. Even sometimes product capabilities I'm not aware of, like, oh, this is interesting. What is the details? So I need to find something and ask and help read. So yeah, it never ends. Yeah. No, I, I mean, um, I really can feel the, the, the passion, right? So uh, it's like, ah, yeah. Maybe when, when there's a platform architect role open, um, I will ask you for, for, for guidance, how to, how to prepare for, for, for application. Um, Definitely. no, but, um, keep that, that, that this is really, um, yeah, it, it's rare. Right. And when you have someone with, with passion and intrinsic motivation for a job, it's like a company couldn't be wishing for more. So, 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 so keep that. Um, so thank you for answering this question. Um. Now, one of my favorite questions when it comes to, yeah, um, basically in my current uh, company at ServiceNow, right? But also basically um, before or, or what I'm interested in when I'm talking to colleagues or whatsoever, why did you join ServiceNow and why are you still there? And why are you so passionate about your role? 
Oh, at last for an interesting story. Maybe we can come to that, but let me more focus on the question. Uh, I, it, the culture definitely fits me, especially my organization customer outcomes and customer success, which I'm part of. And the platform itself is continuously evolving. Like I said earlier, it's challenging. There is something new. There is some new information. It, it evolves. There are new ideas on the market. There are so many things like people are already on robotics, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of that. It's like all platform is also coming to that point. So even it's like, it's so difficult for me to explain because there are so many things I could say. Uh, it's definitely continuous learning. And my, our customers have so many interesting requirements in their industries. Our platform covers a lot of things, but it's also customers have different ideas, feedbacks, information, things I, like I said earlier, I never heard about. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a unique thing. This is an industry solution. And like, oh, I even didn't know that word. <laughs> so definitely that's what drives me. And more importantly, the people, my colleagues, my team members, anyone I meet, I, I like to interact. I like to learn. I also like to learn their personal stories if they want to share. It's not just a colleague thing. I really care. I would say I care a lot and does motivate me and I can definitely show it here. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I have to smile, right? Because I cannot be the reason that you're coming to the office that much often, <laughs> but I'm working on it. You know, I work on myself. So maybe one day I have positive influence, but uh, yeah, cannot wait to meet you again in person because it's always inspiring talking to you. Um, maybe let's have a different perspective now um, on your start at ServiceNow, right? It doesn't have to be ServiceNow, but in your case, obviously it is. What did help you for your start to be successful or otherwise, or other, turn it a little bit differently. How did you make sure to be successful or to set yourself up for success from the beginning? I have to admit that I am not a planner. <laughs> I do things instinctively, instincts. I trust them. So. And as we also, we talked about attitude, I'm just motivated to do the right thing. And that's really, I think, much, which brings me to success. And I don't hesitate to ask the uncomfortable questions, make points which people, others don't do, because I always think, yeah, how can I learn? If I don't say what is on my mind, I can read, I can check with others, but if I don't ask the uncomfortable questions or things, how I'm getting feedback, how I'm getting to, um, have different perspectives. So pretty much, I think my bluntness is also part of my success and a little bit me being still in a polite way. 
but I'm filtered. <laughs> it's definitely part of that. And another thing is definitely I always ask about feedback. I have my trusted friends and colleagues where I go back and ask, okay, this is what happened. I'm a little bit stuck with it. And I think I could have done it a different way. What do you think? And I get the perspectives from people I trust who inspire me, my leaders. And this is the continuous development of my person. So I think that's how I go to my success. But I also admire people who have this plan, you know, for their careers. Mine are mostly short term, what I do. And just to love what I do. So probably that's my success. Yeah, no, I, I really like, so if I would summarize it, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But basically you, what you just mentioned is you you are yourself, right? So I think this is the most important thing. Second thing, being curious, but also asking proactively for feedback, right? And uh, learn from it. And um, yeah, don't overthink um, too much. So don't overthink of, of the future, what can be. Obviously, it does make sense to have kind of a plan, but be brilliant in what you do at the moment and everything will come as a result kind of automatically. Yeah. Don't settle for things which doesn't make you happy or doesn't fulfill you. Just use your own imagination uh, to find your own success. Just dream it can happen. And when you start your putting your mind in it, it can. Sometimes the journey is long, that's for sure. But it doesn't have mean if you have the right attitude and motivation, it can happen. Yeah. So um, everyone uh, who's listening or watching, take the right attitude and uh, be curious and ask for feedback and take feedback as a gift. Um, coming to, to another thing. Um, so today's Girls Day, right? So what a coincidence. Last year, you are also already participated. Um, but maybe tell us a little bit about um, what is Girls Day and especially why are you participating? Girls Day in, this, in Germany is an initiative from the government uh, that girls get an opportunity to see jobs which are there lot nor, um, in a standard way less interested and vice versa boys days is the same. So mostly roles where less boys do like could be a teacher or um, same kindergarten teacher, the same, or any maybe nursing, those kind of things is more female dominant. And as we all know, IT is more male dominant. So definitely that's a part of initiative, which I love since I heard it about it last year. And when I, my colleague shared about it, like, oh, definitely I'm with it. Please, please, that's the right thing I want to do. I want to inspire young minds. Uh, and it's definitely dear to my heart. I mean, I don't know, it's like um, showing, seeing those young minds interacting with them and showing them that not everything is about IT difficult or complicated. And if they believe in it, and want it, they can do it. And this is not just limited for girls, any kid. I cannot, as a girl growing up and mostly hearing from 
grown-ups, you cannot do it and believing in it. I want to change that. I want that every girl, every kid stop saying the sentence. I cannot do it. They can if they try, if they want. That's right. That's the inspiration I want to give them. So, yeah. It's something I love to do. Yeah, no, and I think it, it's very important, right? And um, because you are making um, topics like, for example, in this case, the DIT more accessible and approachable to, to younger people, basically, right? And um, also you, you're demystifying with, but also dealing with maybe biases or prejudices, right? Um, and as you mentioned, um, it's a very important, yeah, job um, to to teach those young people um, in the, in this case, um, girls, that everything is possible, and that it's old, the old way thinking. You cannot do it, right? Because, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. It's like, and IT is not just programming, right? Just coding. And they don't need to be only focusing on that. There are so many aspects and flavors, roles they can do. Also showing them with other colleagues, we are doing it together. Also, they are trying to give the same message. So it's definitely about changing the narrative that IT means for them. Yeah. Would you, would you also say that um, with the rising of low-code, no-code platforms, that IT from this perspective is becoming more interesting or more accessible to, to younger people? Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. Uh, still, what I know until now, there are a lot of steps to do to make it more accessible. There's a lot of improvements to do, but the way it's going, I think it's very promising. Yeah. So, so we, we just talked about um, inspiring other people, right? But um, obviously it's also a journey for yourself. So what did you, or how did you experience the girls day and what did you learn about yourself? Oh, it was definitely fun. I know I know using this word a lot, uh, but I also seen is this inspiration I feel from this young minds their curiosity, their interest, and my motivation to provide them the guidance and the empathy I could feel for them. Because like I said, also I told the story earlier, how my first interaction with IT and technology was the curiosity I felt. And um, it's an endless journey. I want to give them to see there are opportunities. So there are so many different aspects of it that I cannot even imagine what potential it can have. It's just a starting point. And if one of them is inspired and thinks about to do something less similar, even they don't need to study it, maybe they can do another course about it that they can make it happen. So I always, whatever interaction I have in life with people, 
whatever age the people are, I always learn something about myself too, because that's, I think, part of listening and listening beyond what they are saying, hearing what they are seeing, empathizing what they are feeling, what they are experiencing. So I think every moment of life is a learning and a teaching lesson. Now I have goosebumps. Thank you for that. <laughs> this, good, this is really, yeah, no, no, it, it's on the point. Um, I would say, and thank you also for sharing, um, yeah, you, your experience in that regards. Um, generally speaking, what do you think about empowerment? It's something really needed. And it's really something we need to embarrass and we should take as a duty for us because that's how we can be the voice for everyone especially the minorities people with different backgrounds with intersectional and that's how you can help them so it does really one word has a lot of meaning on it And it puts all sorts of responsibility. Anyone who has a voice has the responsibility to stand up and take care of empower others. Do you have an example of how you did experience empowerment during your life? Um, okay, this is a little bit journey and a story. When I started my career as a software engineer, I have to admit I didn't experience it a lot. And because it wasn't typical, it wasn't even maybe a known word or something keyword people were using. Um, so once I started as a consultant, um, I had a lot of colleagues who supported me, uh, but it was still not the empowerment. It was more a support system. Um, However, at my previous employee, um, I met a lot of amazing male colleagues and even that point was technical consulting was very much male dominant. Uh, one of specific colleagues who, uh, gave me always an opportunity and new challenges. And that really helped me. It wasn't a typical empowerment, like I said, uh, it was more giving me this um, perspectives, things I could do even I wasn't aware. And funny story, he's the one who brought me that service now, <laughs> besides all others. So it was in the beginning for me more support system, support system I would say. Uh, so empowerment really more started when I was also standing up for myself. And I started to do it. I also experienced it a lot. Yeah, and and you also just mentioned, right? I think there's another um, inspiring story um, from your side, um, or maybe fun fact. I don't know if it's a fun fact, but <laughs> basically, you you joined service now on the third attempt, right? <sighs> yes. Tell us about it. How and why did you have this kind of yeah resilience and dedication, and how come? Uh, 
actually the first time was before my previous employee uh i had my it was a recruiter who contacted me then i had the interaction with the hr at that time i think recruitment was even not very popular at that time it was still called headhunters so uh he asked me a question and i asked him to elaborate about it because i couldn't like understand this question maybe even his ex a dialect and he was like i cannot explain it i'm like okay then he didn't and he just rejected me i was like okay but that was a good thing because like i said it brought me to my previous employee where i met my colleagues they are still part of my journey my life uh, the second time it also went through another colleague i knew at service now he contacted someone in this region uh, we had interaction it was really good but i couldn't we couldn't uh, agree on the terms then a couple of months later my team lead at my previous employee again started here and he's someone when you start to talk with him you get really motivated he started to talk about the platform the capabilities he was like i'm like okay let's okay i'm interested can you talk again with the hiring manager <laughs> and then yeah we finally agreed and i started as a technical consultant over four years ago and two years ago as a platform architect so even internally you have a journey you have different opportunities and this was the right take a step for me to take so three times the charm <laughs> Yeah, um, isn't isn't there a saying um, after third uh, third time then? Third time, yeah. Yeah. Third so um, I mean, service now can be happy having you, right? Uh, it doesn't matter uh, first, second, or third, right? But you're here. Um, Thank you. May maybe last question from my side: um, self awareness, self reflection, mental health, recharging, purpose, buzzword bingo, or what? These days, it's definitely it is. <laughs> So going to the details, um, since my career or a human being, being an adult, I was always self-reflecting, um, but in the past, I was more stuck on the negatives. I couldn't go out of it. I was like more stuck on the negative I heard about the things happened, which I thought that's not right. It shouldn't happen. I couldn't stand up myself. Though I was focusing on them, it took me a while to take a lesson out of them or accepting the fact, fact it wasn't me. It wasn't my fault or it wasn't something I caused. Um, and it took me really a time to have a growth mindset. Uh, once I was able to understand it and get out of that cycle, uh, it made me self-aware. And then I started to focus on myself and improving. And that brought me to opportunities I could work on. Like I was thinking, okay, X, Y, Z doesn't work as I expecting. I need to work on it. So this is something I should take on. And then when I was like, oh, okay, this is not on me. I did everything right. I know I did. Sorry. <clears throat> I know I did. So I just ignored it. I accepted it. But it's a journey. I had to accept myself. So definitely for me, it's more the um, self-reflection awareness. 
if you are aware of yourself, you know what where to focus. Thank you for sharing your thoughts in this regard. <laughs> Um, basically, yeah, bit we are at the end of our conversation. Um, thank you very much. I really appreciate it and enjoyed it. Um, but maybe over to you for the last words. There are so many things I could say. We can make it longer. I always say, never stop learning. Ask any question. Even most of the people think it's a too stupid question. It's not because a lot of people think it's the stupid question and don't ask it. <laughs> so be courageous. Try to stay, to, try to do the difficult thing. Take the step and be aware there is a faith. Take the leap of faith. It can you bring a journey you were never aware. And if something's you have the feeling it's not going to work out, don't push it. Because that's the thing which is not your part. It wasn't meant to you, meant for you. So accept and move on. Find yourself new adventures. So that would be my message for everyone because that are the things especially inspire me and help me to move on. So especially thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And also personally also a step for me, a learning experience, because I don't feel very comfortable in front of the camera. <laughs> so uh, I, I try to be courageous and try to do a lot of exercise to be able to improve myself. Thank you for, for sharing. Um, keep on, on that track. Uh yeah we are curious to see what the future will bring for you right and uh, to summarize uh, what you just said um, let's keep feeling terrific and with that thank you for your time and talk to you soon thank you for having me bye bye, -bye.